Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's me, Taylor Ray, and this is a family chat of On the Outside. Hello, friends. Welcome back. We got another family chat, and today, ooh, you are in for a treat, girl, because here I have my BFF, the queen of queens, the love of my life, my star in the sky, (laughs) my best friend, Talia. She's sitting right next to me, but, you know, I'm keeping it cute. You're not going to hear her voice just yet until after I finish her beautiful introduction. Today, you're going to learn a little bit more about Talia, and we're also going to hear a story about a time she felt like an outsider and what that really means to her. Let's get into it. Oh my gosh, Talia, you're here. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. It's like hanging out with my best friend. Like, whatever. I know, obviously. Yeah. Um, all right. So tell the people, who are you? What's up, everybody? Um, it's your girl, Talia Romina. Uh, I am born and raised in Queens, New York. Um, I am an actor and a comedian. I do stand-up. Um, so hire me for your, I don't know, events. <laughs> um, I'm going to be a little bit cleaner for this because, you know, I don't want Taylor having to cut everything and be like, you can't say that. It is explicit. <laughs> it's labeled as explicit. So live your dream. Live your life. Rated E. <laughs> um, not for everyone, though. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I live my life. Uh, I'm the youngest of four children. Um, I I spend the majority of my time doing voiceover. That's how I pay the bills. But I also do film, TV, and theater. Do you hear this lovely voice? They're getting to hear it. That's crazy. Guys, it's actually very expensive. (laughs) My rate is so expensive. No, I'm kidding. Um, I met Taylor in college. Um, She's my ride or die. Which I always think is, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, we're, like, relatively new friends. Because I think I'm still 20. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like, all the time, I'm like, wow. You're how, like, my new friend to Yeah, like, I'm like, how are we so close? We've only known each other for, like, two weeks. Like, that's so <laughs> crazy. But how, okay, we met when we were 18. Yes, you were 18, I was 17. So it's been 12 years, going on 13 years? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, love that for Wild. us. Wild, <gasps> so cute. Insane. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm 19 now, so I've only known you. I feel 14. Four, I feel 14. <laughs> I still tell people I get carded at movie theaters. The last time that happened, I not actually, a movie theater. Yeah, I've, I've been carded at movie theaters, and it happened pretty frequently. But that was also like eight years ago, and I still tell people that I do. <laughs> you're like that was me last week. Yeah, not true. It's because you're a short girly. I'm a short girly. I I look twelve, um, <laughs> and people love that though. People love a young looking girl. <laughs> you know, I had someone ask me if um, well, they asked me if my boobs were real, and then they also asked me is a girl, and they asked me if uh, I had Botox, and I was like. No, I did it once, but I plan on doing continuing you did? to do Botox once in August. Where? In Argentina. Where on your where on your face? On my forehead. What the fuck? You never told me that. Wait, really? You never told no, me I that. No, I definitely told you because it was free. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. No. Yeah, it's my sibling's mom. Because I have two half siblings, BT dubs. I do not recall that at all. I'm shocked and appalled that I did not know that. Yeah. But it was only it only lasts a couple months. So it's gone now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was my sound of shock. I didn't even know that was coming out of my mouth. Oh my god! Wait, that was imagine crazy. my face was like into a dolphin. Like you, Honestly, I couldn't move my mouth, and you were like, that "That's so weird." Crazy. Um, 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, yeah. good to know. Okay. Well, I'm learning, <laughs> learning about you in this episode. Um, okay. I feel like there's so much more that you could say, but Talia is going to be with us for the next three weeks on the pod. Yeah. Get ready. In our family chat. So you will learn more about her. But why don't we hear about a time that you felt like an outsider? Um, sure. Uh, so... It's always really interesting because I am a Latina, but I, I do feel very um, grateful that I've, I've had a lot of privilege in my life. Um, and that's always something that I'm grateful for. No, I'm not guilty about it. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm not guilty. Um, so I always like to kind of, I, I, right before this episode, when Taylor invited me on her podcast, I was really thinking like, okay, how do I feel what can I talk about? There's so much to talk about and so little to say at the same time. Like I, just like my minuscule intro, I was like, hi, I'm an actor comedian. Bye. Um, so I, I wanted, um, you know, me and her kind of talked about it. She was like, don't tell me yet what you're going to say. So I'm not sure if oh, I've yeah. actually told you mm-hmm. this, uh, but I something that really comes across in my life. I feel like your teenage years are very, like usually almost painted in a negative light. You remember the bad things. Um, so, you know, being ostracized, I think, Um, Contrary to popular belief, I think being ostracized is helpful and important because life isn't easy. Like life is not easy. So when you're ostracized, that's really when like that pain and suffering, something beautiful usually blooms out of that. Wow. Hot take. Hot take. So um, maybe it's just because I'm a masochist on the low. Some of you can relate, I'm sure. Um, So uh, when I was 12, I was turning 12, my family moved. I'm originally from Jamaica, Queens. My parents come from very humble means. um, And then my parents started making more money. So they moved us to a house, like kind of living the American dream. My parents are immigrants, came to the United States in the 80s. um, And they're from the Dominican Republic and Argentina, respectively. And they came as adults. Yeah, they came as adults. My my parents came as like little, tiny children. Right, right, right. So your parents are probably subscribed to more American customs in certain ways because their pivotal years were there. Whereas my parents have heavy accents. Um, my mom came in her mid twenties. My father came at the age of 30. Um, and you know, as we say in Spanish, like kind of like hustling. Um, so when we moved, it was this big American dream for them to move into a house. You know, it was a huge deal. And we moved to a predominantly white neighborhood. Now I have two older siblings that live in Argentina. And my sister, who's four years older than me was already in high school. And like the high school was where we grew up where she went. So she already had her friends, whatever. I moved in middle school um, to this uh, Catholic school. I grew up very Catholic um, to this Catholic school in a predominantly white neighborhood and of an upper middle, like upper middle class kind of neighborhood, which was something that was kind of new to me. Um, And I remember at the moment in my young brain, I didn't realize what I did to try to assimilate as best as possible. Um, I definitely did my best to stand out. It was like, instead of people, usually I feel like sometimes they try to blend in. I was doing the opposite. And almost like I made like a caricature of myself because I was like the one Latina girl in class. Um, The thing is, I have a legal Italian last name. So I, even though I didn't look, I looked very ethically ambiguous at the time. People kept asking me if I was Indian. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I used to get asked, like, are you Indian? Are you Pakistani? Are you Middle Eastern? Are you Arab? I used to get that a lot. Um, and this was post 9-11. So I think people were very kind of apprehensive. They were like, what is this girl from? But then mm. they would see my Italian last name because immigration in this 19th century to Argentina. So a lot of that was going on. Um, so as a good Catholic girl, I joined um, the church to be an ultra server, which um, was honestly great. I loved being an ultra server because I got to skip class and like taste the wine. Oh, yeah, at, like, you were 12. in a Catholic school. Yeah. Okay, word. Uh huh. So, because I was like, how are you skipping school to go to church? <laughs> oh, they like take you out and like they take you early. It's like you, yeah, yeah, you got yeah. like special treatment. Yeah, because it's and like not in like a school. sus way. I mean, like, I mean, like in a good way. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, 
I, we always used to go to church on Sundays religiously back in Jamaica. So when we moved to Whitestone, um, I started to notice how othered my family was mm. like as a whole, my dad was always working. So my mother was the one that like, she stopped working when I was born and like took care of us. Um, and so she would pick me up from school, draw me off, whatever. And my mom has a very heavy accent, very phenotypically typical Latin woman. Uh, and I started to notice people would treat my mother differently. Mm. Um, now I, I think it was just, people just also just didn't really vibe with the kind of person I was. I didn't fit into that cultural, like we're in Jamaica, in my classrooms, they were all very diverse and everyone's parents were immigrants. Um, these were like second, third generation, even first, you know what I mean? They were all very assimilated to American culture when I moved to, to Whitestone. So I was like a little bit taken aback by that because I was like, how do people, like I couldn't relate necessarily that much because these people were very Americanized. Like the kids were, the parents were. Um, and I always remember the people that treated my family well, but the, you know, the ones that treated my family differently are just like a lot of like just microaggressions here and there that I didn't yeah. really, you know, subscribe to or didn't like. Um, or even if you can't like as a kid be like, oh, that specific thing made me feel bad. You just know the vibe. The general the feeling vibe is all. And sometimes when people be like, but what did they say? But what did they do? And you're like, no, you just know. Yeah. Um, so I had a friend, um, we talk about that in literally every one of these family chats. Yeah. Cause if you know, you know, you know, you know, if you've had someone say some sketchy things, just like look at you in a way or like, you know, yeah. you know, you know, 100%. So I, um, so I was going to get involved in the church or whatever. Um, and I was cool with like, you know, the priest, he would come give us like a com like give us a, t so I had like, there was like a Halloween party that the school was throwing to raise money. And I, and there were a bunch of pictures. The priest came to the Halloween party to like say hi and stuff. And there were a bunch of pictures um, of the, like all of us together. And then like the, there was a picture of me and the priest, like, like not like holding, I think it was father Jim. I don't even know if he's still alive. I can feel like I can name names in this cause I'm pretty sure he's dead. But anyway, so it's like, we were like holding each other, not holding each other, but it was like, like we were your like arms are around each other, some sort of arm situation that wasn't, we weren't touching per se. And I, uh, I had a digital camera. So I posted all these pictures to my private digital photo album that was on MSN messenger. I know I'm dating myself here, but MSN messenger. So Facebook wasn't a thing back then. Um, MySpace was, but these pictures were not on MySpace. And I told this girl that I was friends with that I had a bunch of pictures from this party and she told her parents um, and her parents called the school and told the priest that I had illicit photos of him. And so he freaked out, understandably so. And he called my parents and was like, there are photos that are erroneously being misinterpreted of me and your daughter. And my parents grew up very Catholic. My mom was involved in the church. My father was an altar server. So they freaked out when they were like, why is a father calling our home? They're like, I'm so sorry, father. And he gets on the phone with me and he's like, I was like, there are no photos publicly. And he's like, there are photos. And I was like, no, father Jim, there are literally no photos. Like, cause it was in a digital, like nobody had access to it, but right. I had told one person, right. she told her parents, her parents did not like me like at all. They, they said that I cursed too much, which fair, that's valid. But they were like, they were out to get me. Like they were literally out to Wait, get that's me. That's insane. I know. So then I was overwhelmingly embarrassed and I was like, okay, I'll take them down. And I like took them down from the digital photo, but they weren't even, they weren't even like, they had, nobody had access to it. Um, so that was horrible, right? It made me feel so embarrassed. And then someone, I guess this girl would tell her parents everything or something. And I had made a joke with another student about sex. And they told the principal, same girl, like same family, told the principal, I just figured it out. And the principal was like, I need to know if you're having sex with another student. 
And I was like 13 with braces What? being like, I literally barely like, know what sex. Yeah. Is. I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, I was, you know what I'm saying? Like I was kissing boys. I will say that I was kissing boys at 13, but like, I was, I was just like, never, I was like, no, it was so humiliating. And the principal was so embarrassed that like, she had to even ask me, but she was like, this is just protocol. Talia, no, It was so crazy. It was like, this woman had it out for me. How do I not know? Wow. That is so Dude, crazy. I know. Talia. I know. <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, literally hate that for you. Hate that for you. It really, and you know what it made me think about? Very different. But when I was in kindergarten, I had seen um, some movie with my parents. I think it was like Kindergarten Cop. Do you know that movie? No. Okay. I, okay. So I had seen Kindergarten Cop with my parents and in it, there's a line that the little kid says, which is just like, boys have penises, girls have vaginas. And I was like telling everyone in my class that. I was like five years old and I was like, yo, you're a boy, you have a penis, you're a girl, you have a vagina. I didn't even really know what that meant, but I was like telling everyone. And the principal called my parents, had them come to the school, and they were like, your, ta- your daughter. But they made it really weird. They Because I, I told my parents, yeah, we saw that movie, and I told everyone this. And my parents were like, oh, okay. Yeah. But the principal was like, your daughter is talking about genitalia to all of the students. Like, made it really sketchy. Yeah. Like, girl, what do you mean? I'm not even being sketchy. I'm literally repeating this, like, movie. What? Um, that's what it made me think about. But, wow, hate that for you. A lot. And it was like, it was like consistent. Like, that's one moment but then the mother called me and wanted to talk to me on the phone and like adults should not speak to children no no what are you doing honestly it's it's honestly nuts like and and she's been dealt a really shitty hand in her life which like mm, god you know <laughs> i'm not saying she deserved it but god's timing is always right so i you know what i mean so she's been dealt a shitty hand and like and I think, you know, the, the daughter, I do blame her also a little bit. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the adults are the ones that are in the driver's seat. So like, what are you really like? I don't know what she had an obsession over me. It was, it was crazy. It was just like, it was like one thing after the other. And I remember going to church and not, I don't think this was correlated. I think it was just the general feeling of outside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable or welcome in this church. And my mom's like me either. So we stopped going to church. We like stopped going all together because that was the closest church that we had. Did you ever find a different church? You just never. We just never. When it was sometimes um, for like special occasions, we would go to St. Patrick's Cathedral, which I love. Yeah. Um, and then or we would go back to that original church in Jamaica um, wow. because that's where we felt most at home. And it was like it was just it was horrible that I remember just almost like being really leaning into the whole chola, like Latina kind of thing, because I felt like that's where they put me in the box. So I was like, well, I'm going to go stand out in the box that they put me mm. in when there was there's more. We're not a monolith. There's more nuance to me. Mm, you know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's almost like the person I needed to become. Yeah, Richard actually talks about that in one of his episodes, how he was like, yeah, I used to like become a caricature of like being an Asian person, like just general you know, what kind of things can I do that'll make people laugh? And like, he would make fun of other Asian students and just like really try and be what they said he was. Yeah. And it was a way to fit in in a way. You know what I'm saying? I was, but it was like almost rejected. It was very strange. Mm. Um, and, and that, that whole experience was horrible. I hated, I hated living there. And I couldn't, when I went to high school, I went to high school in the Upper West Side and it was, you know, you went to LaGuardia, <laughs> LaGuardia the fame <laughs> school. I went there and I, and I definitely, that was gone. Cause it was like yeah. so diverse so interesting and different and it was public school um which is also it was, it was you know just kind different of di- vibe, just different yeah. vibe so i feel like yeah. i have to end our first episode noting that this really wow that was like the perfect full circle moment because it really brings me back to when we became best friends which is when we were at nyu and you said oh i went to the fame school and i was like oh this girl sucks <laughs> 
I hate this girl. I was like, oh, I hate this girl. This girl sucks. And you, for anyone that doesn't know, Talia is just like very flexible. Like you're very mobile. You have like really bendy uh, joints. I do, I and do. And she sits like real... I'm sitting weird right she now. She sits real bendy. Yeah, you're sitting yeah, yeah. just like this. Yeah. Your little like bendy crisscross where your legs are just like freaking like made of made of paper. It's like crisscross applesauce, but on a thousand. Yeah. Like your legs are just like no hip joints move that way. And so you were sitting like that. You were wearing Aeropostale or Aeropostale, depends how you want to <laughs> say it. Okay. Sweatpants. And they were always like capris on me, but they were like full length on you. Yep. Because you're a small girl. And... You said that, and I was like, oh my God, this girl sucks. I hate how she's sitting, and why are these pants long on her, and they're short on me, and I don't like any of it. I will say this, though, because the reason I was like, I like this girl is because I said something, and no one was paying attention, and then Taylor said, wait, no, finish what you were saying, and I felt on the inside... When she You've said also that, seen. I felt so seen that I was like, "Oh, she's cool. I like this girl." And I was like, Egh. "And she was like, ew." <laughs> anyway, that's how we became friends. <laughs> then we became best friends. Yeah. Um, well, I hope you had, as Talia likes to say, a Baja blast. That's what you always say when something's like good. Yeah. Um, so I hope you had a Baja blast with Talia and I. Um, listen out for the next one. See you out there. Bye. Bye.